Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I feel great. You should feel great. Happy birthday. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And sex. And pop culture. And birthdays. And fucking Aries season. Hell yes, Aries season. It is. It's uh, it's our season. Well, yeah, this week is your week, your fucking birthday week. And then I get to have my birthday in Alaska, which I'm so excited about. It's going to be like, yeah, well, craggy peaks and mountains and a lot of huge, beautiful rainforests as well. Like we're going to go to um, the Kenai Peninsula and go to a, a wildlife refuge the day before my birthday and see some some creatures. Yes. Maybe a moose. We're both having our ideal birthday celebrations. Like for me, we're going to be doing a sold out show at the Hollywood Improv with all of our friends and it's going to be packed to the gills and there's going to be smoking and drinking and comedy and music. And then for yours, we're going to be in this... Remote cabin, hopefully somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playing Scrabble <laughs> <laughs> and drinking tea. Yeah, <laughs> smoking some weed and playing Scrabble. Yeah, very low key. I love a low key birthday. Like I, I went to Joshua Tree a couple of years ago alone. And, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Like I woke up alone in a in a tent, like with the sort of sun rising, and opened up uh, gifts out in the desert, and then oh like my God. you're like a Folgers commercial. <laughs> It was a very cool, like I used to not understand the sort of desire to be alone on your birthday and then something shifted kind of around the time I moved to California and I really, I, I like it, but I'm, I'm really glad that I'm not going to be alone on this birthday, Luke. For me, birthdays, I've always felt a weird sense of undeserved obligation hmm. for my birthday because hmm. I didn't do anything to have my birthday. And so I always felt this undue pressure to do something big when really all I really wanted to do was have a group of friends around, have a great time with them, raise a glass to us being us and not be the center of attention in that way. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It makes me really uncomfortable to be the center of attention in that way. But you're going to have a show where you, you're you kind of the center of attention, but then you're like throwing a party for everyone else to have a great time. Yeah, low-key, the whole point of Glazed is to throw a party for everyone else to have a great time. Yeah, and that's why it's so fucking cool. You're doing a little something-something in the show. You're hitting the stage and performing. I am doing a quick 30 minutes about my whole entire life, yes. <laughs> a 30-minute one-woman show about um, me for your birthday. On my birthday? You're welcome. Wow. What, yeah. what do you mean about your life? I mean, where I was born, how I grew up, what school I went to, you know, my third grade teacher's name, what my sticker collection looked like, you know. I do, but that sounds like a, that sounds like a Facebook page. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> How many, wait, hold on. How many, is there tech? Yeah, there's six light cues, two costume changes, um, like three sound cues and one pyrotechnic. <laughs> You, is this why you asked to open my show? It's called Welcome to Me. <laughs> I love the idea of everyone coming to a glazed birthday celebration, and I come on stage, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mary Jane Gibson. And then it's just a hot half-hour monologue by you and everyone being like, 
That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not bad. She, <laughs> she can hold hold the room. Wow. I, well, happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> What's our Grublet Gazette presents Word on the Tree? Grublet Gazette, powered by Word on the Tree. Uh, everyone follow at Word on the Tree for all of the cannabis news you need to know. This week's story is that more aging Americans are using pot to soothe what ails them. Whoa. That's the headline. Cool. It's an, yeah, it's an AP news story. And I chose this to talk about because it's an Associated Press um, report. It's it's an Associated Press story, which, you know, is mainstream. And that's really cool that they're sort of like now paying attention to instead of just, you know, ranting on about the dangers of weed or the drug war or any of that kind of stuff. Like marijuana news has really become like, well, let's look at who uses it and what the benefits of it are. And I just want to read the opening of this story because I, it just was very heartwarming. So... And it opens with the group of white haired folks, some pushing walkers, others using canes, arrive right on time at the gates of Laguna Woods Village. There they board a bus. And then it goes on to like when they arrive at the dispensary that this bus takes them to, the people, mostly in their 70s and 80s, pass the next several hours enjoying a light lunch, playing a few games of bingo and selecting their next month's supply of cannabis infused products. So there are these seniors who are getting bussed from their retirement community to a place where they can actually stock up on something that's going to help them sleep and help them eat and help their joint pain and help them socialize and enjoy their lives. And I just thought it was really heartwarming. It made me think of that movie Cocoon. Yes. Did you ever see that with like the elderly community where they stumble upon the thing that like there's like alien pods in the pool and it makes them younger, feel, right? Feel young. Yeah. And it just it, it had that kind of vibe where like these these people who may have smoked weed when they were young and then given it up to like raise their families or have their jobs that they weren't allowed to smoke weed at but now they're able to use it in retirement to help them you know just feel better and I just it just made me feel so good because my dad at one point um had asked me about it and he was super 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 anti-weed when I was a teenager like I would have been thrown out of the house if he'd known that I was smoking pot he asked me about it and he, he wanted to see if it would help him sleep and I just I just love the fact that you know like there's attitudes are shifting it reminds me of the first time or the first few times that I smoked with friends and just had the giggles mm-hmm. and I'm picturing these white-haired folks who are sitting around a round table yeah, like playing fucking Pinocchio or whatever. Pinocchio? How Pinocchio. Do you say Pinocchio. Yeah. Pinocchio. Playing. <laughs> playing. <laughs> Sorry, I've never said it out loud. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Words are there for us to bend. I know. I just, there's some words like I always used to think that M I S L E D was pronounced misled. It's misled. Oh, wow. You, you got me with that one. I really couldn't wrap my head around what you were spelling. Yeah, misled. Sure. I, you know, for years until I was in my 20s, thought it was misled. So in in terms of um, older people smoking (laughs) weed. (laughs) Way to bring it back. What I I love about that, too, is it doesn't matter if and when you hit a certain age and you start making choices that are different than you've always made. Right. What matters is that you're making them. Yeah, I I think that the, you know there's always room to change your opinion. There's always room to grow and evolve. The the definition for me of growing old is when you stop learning and stop growing. That's when you become old. So you can be an old person when you're in your 30s or you can be a super young person when you're in your 70s or 80s. Like my dad to me never was old because he was always keeping up with what was going on around him and educating himself and like updating his opinion depending on what you know what information. I mean he was a scientist, you know, so he would take in information and then po- possibly let it change his mind about things. That's great. And it did about weed, you know? He really changed his mind about it and um 
I just think there's a lot of room for that, especially with, you know, the elderly communities that could really use it in this amazing way to benefit them, their health and their and their sort of like mental well-being. And I just, I just think oh, it's lovely. Can't you see uh, a, a lovely old couple holding a six foot bong and one of them is like on the ground lighting it and the other one is standing on a chair hitting it and then they switch it's fucking great yes it, i can't very, see that right it's cute and romantic yeah you know everyone wants to see their grandma get high and enjoy your life and like eat a cookie and giggle hell yes also i don't know where i read it but i've always read that these sexual uh what's the word i'm looking for people old older people have a lot of sex in nursing homes oh yeah like a lot of orgies and swapping partners the highest rate of std transmission is actually in like older like retirement homes yo ain't no shame in it get it who cares there was like a syphilis epidemic in florida i think or something i feel like epidemic is a strong word for a bunch of people who are (laughs) nearer death than nearer life just getting off you still don't want to have syphilis What's the difference? I guess. I don't know. Anyway, sorry to bring it down with the syphilis <laughs> reference. But it's yes, not they're a, boning. Also, syphilis is like not a downer or a big deal. And I feel like everybody who is old and boning and smoking weed and maybe taking like, what is it, phoria? Oh, yeah. Like doing like an anal suppository. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Great. For the for anyone listening who doesn't know, Foria is one of those like uh, one of the sexual lube products that's available in the legal marijuana marketplace. Uh, that's just fantastic. And people use it for all sorts of um, you know, getting your getting your groove on, getting your vibe on. If you have any kind of like pelvic pain from um, sex or, you know, you just riding wanna, a horse. Yeah. <laughs> but they have all these different like doing a roundhouse in the middle of a grocery store. They have lube for that. <laughs> they have suppositories, uh, and they are are also just like great sex educators so they're really into sexual health and wellness and sex education with using cannabis it's fantastic they're a great company done and done shout out you want to sponsor us guys what up for you Holler. i like great news story choice on this birthday edition of <laughs> weed and grub because oh. i when i think of old people i always think of birthdays yeah you know today was my grandma's 100th birthday oh really yeah yeah so to celebrate we dug her back up <laughs> oh i can't <laughs> you want to do buds of the week oh my god yes please okay you want to go first or second you go first yeah yeah oh, i'll take a little birthday gift <laughs> my butt of the week is actually through podbean oh so my butt of the week is q d q which is spelled k u q d q i that's a very hard one my eyes fell out of my head q d q <laughs> they both tried so hard my mind it felt like my mind was walking uphill but i want to i chose her because she uh always rates and reviews the podcast and she leaves comments and it's nice to interact with someone through podbean and i tried to find you on instagram qdq and i couldn't so if you do have an instagram incredibly happy to share it on our social media and i just want to say thank you for listening and leaving a comment and leaving a review because it goes such a long way and that's it that's my butt of the week she just seems cool that's so awesome yeah and it's so great when people comment because it really does make a huge difference it makes it easier for people to find us rating and reviewing is a huge part of our growing and getting uh you know just having more friends to interact with more wonderful people and uh i want to shout out our uh friend jordan as my butt of the week at wanamaka and she is a book designer and i just wanted to share her absolutely fucking incredible news so she started her own company um just over a year ago she like struck out on her own and just today the news dropped that oprah like the oprah the one oprah yep just released a book 
And Jordan designed it. Holy fuck. Yeah. Designed the book that Oprah is holding in her big announcement about the new Apple um, platform. And the book is called The Path Made Clear. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And I just couldn't be prouder of Jordan's amazing work. And like, just, you know, having this like kind of internet pal who's, you know, crushing it. And, crushing you know, it. Like really living, living her dream. She struck out on her own, made her own company. And, you know, just one year later is Oprah's book designer. And she wrote on her Instagram, her IG is at Wanamaka. So it's W-A-N-N-E-M-A-C-H-A-A. She wrote, I wish I could tell younger me coming home every day from school at 4 p.m. to watch Oprah while I eat my snack. What was in store for her? This is such a dream come true. What she has accomplished is so incredible. Congratulations. Well, what's also just like another layer to it is that it's Oprah's book where she is sharing her vision for activating your best version of yourself basically and the book is called the path made clear and jordan in believing in herself set herself up to be on her path which is very clear to design this book for oprah wow all the shades of wonderfulness and it's just a gorgeous book cover and um yeah i want to go and buy it we got some good buds out here. Yeah, we do. We really fucking do. And also, oh, I just really want to shout, uh, shout out Michaela real quick for sending us a beautiful piece of artwork that uh, we hung on the wall tonight. And uh, yeah, just really love receiving that from you. So thank you, Michaela. It's such a good painting. It's and beautiful. she also included Alaska News papers so yeah. that we can find cool events to do while we're there. Yep. Can't wait to smoke with you, Michaela. Going to be a real good time. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for the art. Love it. Our guest today is Ryan Graham. He's a BuzzFeed producer. He's a very, very, very smart, very, very, very open-hearted, and very, very talented person. Yeah, he's a wonderful hang. We yapped for so long that I actually forgot we were on the podcast. Like, we were all just kicking in and having a great time. Right? All of a sudden, like, a fireplace was built. There was a rug that was rolled out. We were holding hot toddies. It was like, what happened? Where are we? Dog and cat were posted up at our feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a really good time. Your Scrabble game came out of nowhere. Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I actually would love to have like a button that I could push on a wall that would just like lower a Scrabble game into any conversation. <laughs> like mousetrap? Like or I'm kind of thinking of um, in The Incredibles, you know how Edna Mode's house is all like, you know, like all the super suits and stuff, like mm -hmm. everything comes out of the wall. I was thinking like that, like I could just like hit a remote or a button on the wall and all of a sudden like, yeah, like a scrabble gets lowered in and then it's like just a bong comes out of like, <laughs> out on a robot arm, you know, That's and so then a pint dope. of ice cream. Yeah. But like slightly melted just, ice cream. Yeah. It just comes up from the floor. So wow. It'd be perfect. This is a smart house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what else do I need? A beanbag or a hammock probably. What a dream home. <laughs> Without further ado, please enjoy our interview with Ryan Graham. We're both from Missouri. We are, isn't that great? Like we, the thing is that yeah. opposite sides of Missouri, though. Yes, Missouri is great. I always say it is a great place to grow up. I don't have any hard feelings towards it. Like I, it's not like it is home, as in like my family's here and I like it, and I don't have a problem going back. I want to know about some Kansas City, Missouri we, yes, snacks. Yes, thank you. We um, are really big on barbecue. We have like three really popular barbecues places. There's Oklahoma Joe's, which is in a gas station, which is so strange, but really good. Love that. Then there's Arthur Bryan's and Gates, and those are like old school. Like they've been around for a while, like big family recipes. So we're really, really big on um, barbecue. I'm trying to think what else we is do. It, is it ribs? 
Is that oh yeah, move? so ribs and then ribs. like so. Uh, but if you so you'll get short rib if you go to Gates, and then if you go to uh, like Oklahoma Joe's, you just want a pulled pork sandwich. And mm. then they just make a lot of different type of barbecue sauces, like tangy, vinegary, sweet. It is. Uh, we do a lot of sweet barbecues. Okay. Um, yeah, like so, some. I like when I go to other cities and like. I hate a tangy barbecue. So anywhere you go in Kansas City, you're going to get a nice sweet barbecue. Super, like super sticky, mm-hmm. not overly smoky. No, mm. it's going to be super just great. I think one of the first places I ever went to a sirloin stockade was maybe in Kansas City mm. or around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawrence, is Lawrence yeah, kind of Lawrence near Lawrence is there? like 45 minutes from Kansas City. Yep. Yeah, I went to a sirloin stockade in Lawrence and coming from Newfoundland where, you know, like we have um, – like there are not very many fast food joints and like home cooking is often like a chicken pot pie or mm-hmm. something like that. And there's not like buffets and all that kind of stuff. And I was so wide eyed about it. And I was like, this is a magic place. It is. It really is. This is a magical place. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you liked it. No, yeah. you just pay for the fucking plate. And then it's just like whatever you want and yeah. nonstop. I mean, like we as many times as you want. I mean, <laughs> There, I mean, and there's a dessert station. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, with options, like not even just like it's an ice cream machine. I mean, there is like desserts. Like operating your own soft serve Woo. is the most satisfying. That swirl thing. when you get the chocolate vanilla swirl, perfect. Yeah. Are you a dancer? Okay, I did theater growing up, and so through that I did dance. And like there, I've been asked if I was a dancer several times, and I feel like it is probably. Do you ever wonder about things that you've never really thrown your energy into? Mm. And you're like, damn, what if that's, and I feel for me, dancing is that. I was like, if I really just threw everything into dance, I probably, and I mean, it's never too late, but obviously there would be challenges now that I'm older, but a lot of times I look back and I'm like, if I was just stuck with that in high school and just be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, I probably would be a fairly decent dancer. Cause even now I'm still fairly flexible. Like I think I just naturally have that limberness and I feel like, man, if I really would have stuck into dance, like leaned into dance, I should say, um, could be a whole different person, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. maybe, so short answer. No, I'm not a dancer, but I remember there was a time I chipped my tooth. Now I'm just going off into tangents. Um, <laughs> I chipped my tooth at, in a play and I jumped off cause I was playing this lunatic in a, in Dracula. I was Renfield. I jumped off and landed on my face because I had to be like trying to bite a bug on the floor. Oh and like everyone in the audience always was like shocked because it looked like I legitimately hurt myself. Mm-hmm. One time I chipped my tooth, but like I never hurt my because I knew how to fall. And then like there was a dancer who came watching. She was like, do you dance? And I was like, no. And then she was like, the way you fall is very like she was, I guess, like trying to explain the way like you fall like a dancer. Like it's mm-hmm. like it looks real and like it's going to be painful, but you clearly know what you're doing to not make it. And I was like, oh. And I should have taken that and run with it. I didn't. One of my favorite things that you do on your Instagram is your fits. I do love those. Those are fun. You have very good fits on Instagram. Thank you. And so, but the thing I notice about it is also your confidence in yourself. Mm, yeah. And so what I'm really asking is like you're talking about dance and we're talking about dance, but also you come across as someone who's very like aware of themselves and their body. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if that's something that's new or old. Oh, ooh, that is a very good question. I so I didn't come out until and I mean, I, I don't know if these are directly related, but I think that that is a part of me being so confident in who I am today. I didn't come out until grad school. I think I came out to a couple of my friends when I was like 20, um, but I mean like two people. And then I hated the the sense that I needed to like make a display of coming out. So like I just like slowly told people and I think like I posted a picture with a guy as in like we were dating. Once I did that and I found out that people didn't care the way I thought they were, I was like, oh, maybe I can lean into just more things that I just legitimately like. So I think it took that first 
step of just trying to accept one part of me fully and just being like, well, what is going to happen? And then that safety net made me feel like, oh, I can do this and do this. And then moving to LA where there's so many very, very beautiful people. I like, I really tried to work out and to like make my body just like this, like, and it just never worked for me. And then I came to terms with like, I'm doing this for someone else. And if this is going to make someone like me, this could go away. like the, just like how I got here. It, I could come right back to what my body is right now, and if they go away, that would suck. And I'm like, but there are also people who just like me for who I am, and so why not just focus energy on that? And then the more I lean into that, the more I was like, even if I'm sexually interested in someone, they're gonna see my body one way or the other. So there's no point in being like, oh, let me cover this up in layers. I'm like, if you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. And like, uh-huh. we're all naked when we're boning, so like, yeah. we're and gonna it's get not the point. Yeah, right? it's not. And so I'm like, we're gonna get there. And like, I and I feel like also there's nothing. Only society says X Y Z is sexy. I'm like everyone else, like anything, any shape, any form can be sexy. It's about the way you carry it and the way you just kind of are like, this is me and and I have to learn to love it. And I don't know. So I just, I don't I don't know if I've really answered your question, but I think yeah, just- You're talking about loving yourself. Yeah, finding I did. Love, finding love for yourself. Yeah. It was, I mean, and it's, I think it's like a, 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 it is a, I wouldn't say daily struggle for me personally. Um, I do think, I would say it's a weekly struggle. There are moments where I'm like, I wish this was different or I wish I could lose weight here. And then- there are other moments when I'm like fresh out of the shower and I'll be in bed and I, I sleep in the nude. Uh, but like, <laughs> and I'll just like, I'll just like grab my leg and I'm like, man, I love the way I feel. Like, I just, I don't know. There's just something I'm just like, I just love the way this feels. And I think it's just been like getting to know myself mentally and internally has grown outward. And I think I'm in a much better place to love myself now that I've done the internal work uh, than I ever was. Cause I do think a lot of it is internal. And like once I think I did, and still a work in progress. But once I started to begin that work, there are just moments where I'm like, man, I really love this body. <laughs> like I do. It's so fucking cool and so huge for me to hear that because I think I yeah I came to LA and immediately you know was like oh god it's the land of beautiful people and what am I going to do about going gray mm. or you know being a woman who's forty or any of these things and then we recently saw Hannah Gadsby do you know did you see Nanette her comedy special I did she's a comedian who she's uh, from Tasmania she's Australian. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And she's a queer comic who's just like, she's like, I'm brilliant and I'm not necessarily doing anything that's expected of me and this is how I look and this is the body that I'm in. And we went and saw her work in progress recently and she was like, the big thing is I'm doing inside out. And that's mm-hmm. that's that's what's going on for me and that's why you're seeing me kill that's it right, yeah. right now. Someone shouted out, well, what days do you feel most beautiful? And she was like, have you listened to anything that I've said? It's, like, it's not about what you're seeing. No. It's about what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking out at you. Like, it was just fucking cool. So it's really, I think, huge for me to hear someone like her or someone, like anyone saying, like, you, you know, it's the work is internal. It is. I wonder, like, in the state specifically, I don't feel like we take mental health as seriously as we should. And I wonder if that's similar in Canada or, like, I wonder if that's, like, a global thing. I, like, I, but I feel like all too often we, like, push mental health off like it's... Too busy looking at doggos. Yeah, yeah. Too busy getting faves to worry about. <laughs> That's true. Also, how I feel. Oh God, Instagram being like, especially like when when work, when for work you almost have to be active. Yeah. But like personally, you're like, this isn't. This doesn't necessarily make me feel good personally, or this is taking way too much time, mm-hmm. and like I'm so busy thinking about how to be authentic. 
I'm forgetting to just be authentic. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm working so hard at looking authentic on my Instagram. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, what is that like to ride the line at a place that is a global monster like BuzzFeed? Yeah. How do you separate the two things, man? Because it's... It's Oof. it's hard. And like to me, I think that for me right now is my biggest struggle. Whereas before, I felt very much like before working... And it's not necessarily BuzzFeed's fault. I think it's just a kind of just like, I guess my trajectory there has kind of put me on camera more and thus has like, that response has made people go to my my personal pages and then like, I'm like, oh, I guess I have to put on. So it's like a weird, it became this monster. Sure. Um, but I, I don't, I, I wish I had like a very clear, like, this is exactly how I separate it. But like, even well, this weekend I had to take a, I literally turned my phone off on Friday and turned it back on this morning. Congrats. Yeah. Cause it was just, cause it, I, I do need time away and it's, it's hard. It's very hard. You managed to go 48 hours without a phone? I loved it. I mean, and like, I, I literally, so I made plans with friends on Friday and I said, well, she was like, well, how am I going to let you know? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to tell you to show up at 11 and you're going to show up at 11. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, like everyone used to like do. Like back in the day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, you're just going to show up at 11, like I said. Yeah. And if not, I'll just wait. And then if, I mean, like, you know, like it is what it is. And we had a great day. And then like, um, we went hiking and I just remembered I'm pretty good with directions, so I remembered how to get where we were going and stuff. But yeah, it was, I really. That's one of my favorite things to do it. is to not look up directions and to get where I'm going by actually knowing where I'm going. Like yeah. we were in the car the other day going from one thing to another, and you asked me if you could weigh something, Mike. Yeah, no. And don't I was do like, it. no, I'm good. And then and I feel really proud of myself when I actually get to yeah. where I'm going. By... And low key, it took yeah. me a long time to turn that app off. I was like, you sure? You don't <laughs> oh! wanna... Like I, was it was up. It was backseat up. driving. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> God damn it, backseat driving. Um, I'm sorry to hit this over the head. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to figure out how to ask. How, I'm trying to figure out what yeah. I'm really trying to ask. Because I think the one thing that, um, like when Mary Jane and I started this podcast, and we were like, oh my gosh, there's some people listening. And like it's become something that I'm, I think we're both really proud of. And we love how many people listen to it. The people who write and engage with us, the fans, like everything yeah. about it feels great. And wholesome and i don't feel like we are chasing a number because we love doing it so much oh my god <clears throat> and, but in the case of buzzfeed numbers are everything right and so how are I, you able to enjoy your videos if they're not the biggest most successful thing of all time um hmm. i i think it depends on the video like yes because numbers are the thing um and that bleeds into personal like i wouldn't even i would I would be lying if I didn't say some of that because at work it is like that. It's like you want you want your videos to hit. You want them to do really well, and so that is just kind of how you're conditioned to think. And then that's the way you think of new ideas. You're like, so to answer your question, like, I definitely feel like there are times when I will make videos that I'm like, this will do really well, and I'll make it. And I feel like when those don't, it hurts more mm -hmm. because it's like, damn. Not only was I not being, I think to myself, like, I mean, like, I didn't make something that I really care about, that I'm really passionate about, that I really think will be good. But then also it didn't work. And it's just like, so it, it like the, the way I would balance it is by disconnecting, like trying my hardest to not do videos like that. But if I'm assigned, disconnect from it and be like, this is not, the, I can only do my best to make this as what it is, but like, don't pay attention to it. And then like, if I if I'm if I have to make three videos a month, I'll do one that I think will do well and that like may or may not. One that I'm probably assigned or I'm like, this is trending, I'll do it. And then one that I'm like, I don't care how this does. 
I like this. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is that those usually don't do as well. Every once in a while they'll hit, but it's cool because you'll go through the comments and you you will see people being like, I love this, more of this, blah, 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 blah. And so it's weird. It's like a weird balance because it'll be like, it didn't kill the internet, but the people who watched it loved it. And so those things make you feel good. Um, but it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to to, to chase that high. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. It is. It's like, I need this. But mm-hmm. Like, do you know the most successful video you've ever created? Um, yeah, yeah, I did two, it's the Black Panther video I did, I did, I did a video with a cast of Black Panther, which, and it, like, killed because it was, I mean, it was- You, like, you hung out and spoke with I him? I did, yeah, Michael B. Jordan smiled at me and said hi. Oh, man. Ooh, Our wedding over. is in June, so. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, no, yeah, I mean, they, and they were, they were all very sweet, except for one, and I will not say who, but uh, I won't say who. I bet I know who it is. You probably do. I bet you can guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were not that nice. Yeah. And- I wasn't surprised either. Like looking, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I actually have no idea. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about Just trying it to draw you Stan out. Stanley was it Stanley? It was definitely Stanley. The Damn worst. Stanley. He was an ass. Uh, I'm kidding. And on a, we'll talk about. It's fine. Yeah, they're fine. But no, yeah, um, that, and that's probably the best video I did. But I mean, uh, best one that I did that didn't involve like celebs. Um, oh, it was really fun, and I really wanted to do it. I did. Um, dark-skinned people get white ink tattoos, which I just thought was interesting in general, and I wanted one, and I was like, what? Why they're does- cool. They are cool. Well, and okay, fun fact, they don't turn out cool. <laughs> they're, they're cool when they go on, and then they are not. Like, and now, it just looks like a scar. Like, I mean, it's like on my, it's like up here. Yeah. Um, And it just looks like a scar now. And I don't regret it. It's still fun. It was still cool. And I also was just like, this is just a fascinating subject. Let's do it. But the way I shot it was like, two friends just randomly decide to get tattoos together and we just go. And so I literally just went up to one of my friends at work and we went and we just kind of vlogged about it. And it just felt like a buddy thing happening. And that's what, to me, I'm like, although yes, getting the tattoos was cool, but I think that watching that friendship um, was what really made it work. Because just like even with like a podcast, like people like to feel like everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to feel connection. And that is not most of the time, not romantic. Um, and I feel like when people see other people having connections like that, it makes them feel more whole, more human. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, you yeah. want to hang out with your friends. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, love that. I want to know about your relationship to weed. Okay. Love Missouri. Love the Midwest. But I think it definitely puts a very strict moral compass on you. And mm-hmm. it is hard to break that. So, like, dare program level of kind of um, like, you, like, and like, you I, weed, you're a loser kind of thing? I wasn't ever that extreme because I think I, I, to- I was always like, I will not. But I wasn't like the judgy type because I was, even then I knew I was gay. So I felt like, who am I to judge anybody for anything? Because I have my own stuff about myself that I was dealing with. So I never judged, but it was just like, oh, I probably wouldn't hang out with like a kid who smoked. Like, I had. F- a friend who smoked and I remember feeling a type of way but it was never like I'm gonna stop being your friend I was just like oh my god how could you because I was also that way about sex I was like you guys are having sex like no I was like weird in that way um and then I remember being in college and being stressed out in the second semester of my sophomore year and one of my friends from high school who she didn't smoke in high school either but she was in college she was like just try it you'll be like just go for it and I was like fine and then I remember smoking and we were in like in the back of her apartment, it was like this very sketchy alley, which I don't know why. As an adult, I'm like, why do we hide it so much? How dumb. Like, no one cares. But we were smoking back there. At the time, you were like, God can't see me back he here. He can't. He'll never know. The leaves. He's, he can't see through these. Um, the devil's, whatever, the, you know, devil's grass. Uh, and so we smoked. And I remember literally tweeting, 
um, it's like seeing HD for the first time. And like, I was like code, <laughs> coded language because I didn't know people want people to know I was smoking. Uh-huh. And they all knew. They, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Because like, who else would tweet that? We like, all know. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. That's what everyone uh-huh. like. Yeah. But then I remember grad school, I was still in college, but I wanted to be like, oh, I don't want to go out and party. So I started to smoke a little bit more because by that point I knew someone who would sell it to me. And then moving to LA, I think that's when I really was like, oh, I like smoke, smoke. I think a lot of people back home were afraid that it's like, well, you, what if you like, cause people here, you know, cause you get paranoid and I'm like, yeah, paranoid, but like paranoid in the sense of like, oh shit, did I forget to turn the stove off? Not paranoid. Like, oh my God, there's monsters outside of my door. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Like, did I pay my phone bill? Right. Yeah. Oh. You think about shit, but you don't like, <laughs> like maybe I better like pay my phone bill. Paranoia. <laughs> but it is. It's like, I'm like, that's like, I feel like I've never been to paranoid where I'm like, oh my God. Like I totally do. They're like, is it Wednesday? Did I take the garbage out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit. All right. Call her back. Yeah. Uh, write okay. that grocery list. Oh, fuck. Oh, I forgot to email my mom. <laughs> that's, That's great. Responsible paranoia. It is. That's yeah, exactly. Totally. That's what the paranoid is. And yeah. so, but also, but now that worry about out, your life in a good do, way, in a good way. And then yeah. you start, you start thinking about your relationships with people and you're like, oh, they're a good friend. Like you really, you just really do. Yeah. Oh, that so, out of the blue text you send someone, they're not expecting it. And it's not like some priority scheduling. No, thing. but it's just like, Hey, thinking of you. Like I've literally yeah. sent some of the sweetest sex messages. Yeah. I've <laughs> sent the worst text drunk, I've, but I, I cannot remember a text that I sent that I regretted high. I can think of several things I've regretted drunk. Um, and that, that, and that's such a good distinction. Yeah. Same. It is like, woof. like, I can send something to someone when I'm so high that'll be like, I can feel my heart opening and touching yours from a thousand miles away. And, you know, and I fucking mean it. And I mean mm-hmm. it when I'm sober too, just as much yeah, as yeah, I mean yeah. it when I'm stoned. But then when you're drunk and you're just like, remember that night <laughs> in Atlantic City? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, you've got a P, I've got a B, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah I know, man. A couple emotions. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a tongue, eggplant, squirt, squirt. It's my favorite series of emojis when I'm drunk. Oh, you yeah. Don't, you don't also add a little A-OK A-OK, like, a little booty? Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Oh, so that's what that means. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been using that wrong. My grandma, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought it was just like we're on for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) That explains why everyone keeps canceling those plans. Oh my god, I didn't know. (laughs) Very funny. Uh, But then, yeah, moving out here, I think uh, it. Oh damn it! I don't because I don't want to be like weed is a gateway drug. I think it can be. But I'm I guess not gonna I say c- it in a bad way, but I think it leak. If you start trying something new that you at once at one time thought was dangerous or bad, right. and you love it, I definitely think that it's fair to think that you are going to try other things because you're curious. Weed was a gateway for me to psychedelics, and I legitimately enjoy them for the same reasons I enjoy weed, where it's like it. It opens my mind, but in a very positive, very creative way. And like, I feel like even like if I'm on acid, I'm like, I feel. Can I, sorry, can we talk? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to go oh, down yeah, this road. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, this it, is oh, perfect. Cause, and I'm like, I think by the time I moved to LA, I was over the whole being afraid of things. I was just like, I am mm-hmm. going to experience life and just try it. <clears throat> and so I was at a music festival and someone was like, Do you want to try acid? And I was like, Yes. Like, the, I like just, I, oh, I was like, Yes. I was like, I wasn't afraid that it would in my mind i was like i remember thinking i would be paranoid on weed i was not as paranoid as as i thought so a trip on acid i'm like it's probably not the i'm what i'm imagining is probably not what it actually is it is probably a version of that but the only way to know is to try it right and then i did it and it made me like 
think of things so much more like open. And then like, I feel like I was just more like appreciative of not even just the people around me, but just like the space I occupy. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like for me, acid was a different type of mind opener. That's not I honestly, but well, I think it's, it is a gateway drug because it's a natural progression to understanding more about the world. I mean, that's how yes. I think about weed. Yes. And I think about the natural progression of wanting to take psychedelics so that you can expand your consciousness mm-hmm. to actually understand what's going to happen to us after we die. Like, I really believe that that's the journey, like the, at the heart of everything, like you say, we all want to give and receive love. Yes. That's the core of it. And then the rest of our journey is trying to figure out what it all means. Cannabis as a sort of like a an entryway into the world of psychedelics because cannabis on its own can be a psychedelic at certain levels. Right. And then the whole sort of like experimentation with those psychedelic drugs, any of this are like psilocybin or acid or ketamine Mm -hmm. or MDMA or any of the consciousness expanding drugs are about trying to understand what's happening to us and where we're going. Yeah. And those are totally not in the same uh, class as any of the, you know, other like the harder drugs that people or, are worried about. They're like, it's a gateway drug to being addicted to opioids. That's not the case. Right. It and might make you more willing to expand your consciousness and do what they were doing in the 60s, which is tune in, turn on and drop out and sort of like get yeah. away from the sort of like corporate infrastructure and understand what the human condition is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah snaps. Because that's uh, so true. Happy birthday. To you. Oh my God! Thanks, Mike, and it's your birthday too. It is. My birthday is March twenty eighth, and mine is April fifth. You know what I got you? What'd you get me? Magical butter machine. Oh my God! Do you know what I got you? What? A magical butter machine. Oh, <laughs> but we should still trade, right? Definitely. Great. I got yours all tricked out. <laughs> pimp, pimp my magical butter machine. Pimp vibes. Honestly, I would use a magical butter machine to make you a cake because then I can make an infused cake, make it from the heart, and it would get you high while. Also, you can make a wish on it. Absolutely. The Magical Butter Machine is the countertop infusion machine that you need to make all your edibles at home. You can just throw your butter in there and then throw your herbs in there and set it and forget it. And then when you come back, you can make buttercream frosting with all the gooey goodness and love. All you got to do is go to MagicalButter.com, order anything you like, and under the promo code WEEDANDGRUB, all one word, and that gets you 20% off anything. 20% off at MagicalButter.com if you use the code WEEDANDGRUB. And you know what, Mike? What? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mary Jane. You want to make a wish? Yep. (gasps) I feel like, especially because um, of everyone listening to this, can we talk about BuzzFeed for a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think, well, only because everything we talk about on here and everything we've talked about tonight is cultural shift Mm. and moving the culture in different ways. And what fascinates me about BuzzFeed is that it can either celebrate and decide and taste make what is culture, Mm. but it can also in a very like dangerous like it's i don't know man it's like it's wildly dangerous because it's so powerful and i'm just wondering how you feel about how it's able to shape culture i think it's like i think weird is the first thing that comes to mind because it's like who would have thought um and part of me also feels like a little bit inevitable in the sense that the internet has such a way to shape culture that i don't think anyone thought of before Mm. particularly the internet today Part of me is like glad in a way that a company like BuzzFeed, which at least whether it goes all the way to its core or not, promotes um, people of color, being an individual, queer people. Like it promotes so many different intersections and types of people and it is, is, is at least outwardly so inclusive that I'm glad that it is something that can shift culture and has such a pull on it. Um, but it's still like, I feel like it... Yeah, it's scary because I feel like the fact that any 
the fact that anything can have a, the power to just be like, yeah, we're just going to take this and run. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I got off topic. Not at all. Well, I think really what it speaks to is one, that they're hiring people like you who have a very good heart and you have mm-hmm. great intentions mm-hmm. as somebody who is working there and wants to make things hit send, right. that it does well, but also with the purity of entertainment or commentary or I don't know, whatever is important to you. Right. right. What I think I love most about what you're saying is to me, when I first heard about BuzzFeed, I was like, oh, cool. A place that talks about trends. Mm. I don't care. But it did become this inclusive place. Yeah. And I don't know if that was it from the onset or not, mm. but I think where it is now and hearing and seeing the things you do, I'm like, oh, that's why it's important. And I will say, like, for, I mean, because, like, I think it started off as truly just a trans thing. Like, that's what it was. And then I think as it became more corporate-like, obviously it was like, hmm, if we're going to be corporate, like, we have to appeal to the masses. And, like, I do think that the shift to being more inclusive was a business decision. Um, I think it happened to be a business decision that um, benefits people and, like, does, like, it has some good, like, to it. Like, that, like the, a, a little a queer black kid in Missouri right now could be looking up to me and be like, wow, like, the, the people really do get out and make it. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think in that light, it is a good thing. But I, I don't think that that was the core or the mission in the beginning. I think it was a, a thing that was adopted for the sake of profit. Does that make? I mean, but, but, then, I mean, they, which, but then they hire you, right? And, but and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think, and I, I like, I guess that's like, because hmm, it's like all capitalism isn't bad for for an instance. Like, I don't know if that's true, but like that's the best thing I can put come up with right now. It's like, unfortunately, that was a byproduct of capitalism because someone was like, we want to make money. How can we make money? young people like diversity let's just lean into that and like i think that's really what it was i think it was a bunch of powerful white men got in a room and made a decision and it just happened to be a decision that and i don't want to like say that people didn't like didn't be like oh yeah this will also do some good i don't mean it like that but i don't think that that was in the forefront of their thought in doing it and i think you know the underlying foundation is that you're really good at your job and like you make great stuff yeah and that you like they've given you a platform that includes your voice and other voices but like fundamentally you just make cool shit right i do i try yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do i try and they let you yeah yeah, yeah that's like, fucking cool yeah like the one thing that everyone seems to ask is do they just let you make whatever you want that's so fucking cool yeah no actually that is really cool that they kind of do give us free reign to just be like tell your story in, in a way only you can tell and then sometimes they'll give us assignments and they're like even if you're telling this story tell it a way that makes sense to you from your perspective uh-huh. so it does open your mind or it gives you the opportunity to truly just like have your story be told so you started at buzzfeed so is that like you mm-hmm. crystallized your voice or i did you're still- i think um i lean more into being open about my sexuality like i like i did a video where i came out to my dad and i hadn't seen him in eight years so i like reconnected with him and like i came out to him and like so like i, I think that like and also i guess in a sense that was like me coming out on a very very public platform although if you had watched videos, you knew I was gay long before that video. <laughs> but no, but um, it helped me lean into that aspect of myself. I did drag for the first time because of BuzzFeed. And like now that is something that I'm like, I really like this. This could be a potential, like for all I know, a potential career. Like, I mean, like, I, 
who knows where I'll be 10 years from now. But legitimately, I'm like, I don't know. And so you told me about when, after the first time you did it, the host of it came up and was like, if you can tighten this up and take it serious, you've got a gift. Yeah, no, really. And like, and like I won, I did, I like, it's like an open mic night drag and I went on a whim. My look wasn't that great, but I was, I was in drag, but it was like, I mean, a shabby and that's, and I won. I beat everyone there. And then it was just like, oh, wow. So like. That's your innate dancer. Yeah. Shining really? on stage, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Mary Jane, this is your tooth story. You're getting another <gasps> chance. Oh, my God. Do not fuck it up. <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah. Born born to shine on stage, maybe. And I've always felt that. I've always yeah. felt that. Um, oh. That light will come back and back and back until you actually acknowledge it. So why not now? Yeah, it is real. I promise. Yeah, it won't go away. What's your drag name? Some more dollars. <laughs> When's your next show? Uh, okay. It is the 25th of March. Next Monday. Oh, wow. God, I'm very And it's nervous. a big... It's, it's a, a week from today. And yeah. It's, it's, a, well, it's like I, a show show. It is like a... It's a... At Expo, it's, it's Exposure Drag in um, Echo Park, I believe. And yeah, it's like a show show. Like you have to like, I mean, you enter it, but like it's not like a crazy thing. But yeah, it's like a show. Wow. Yeah. And on your IG, you do have different looks. Or she has Oh yeah, she looks. has different looks. Oh Can we talk about that for a second? Because you've yeah. been very um, gracious and kind in the way that you correct me speaking by you speaking the way it's supposed to be spoke. Because you'll say she... And I will say when you're referring to your drag character, when you're referring to drag, and that was something so brand new to me that I oh never my God, no. heard and learned before. So, can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, no, yeah, you like. So, most people who most most drag queens when they are in drag, you will refer to them by their drag name and as she, she, her. Um, and then when they are out of drag, a lot of people say, what's your boy name? Like if I were to go and apply to, uh, on this drag show, they would be like, oh yeah, but what's your boy name? So they refer to your, my, my regular name as my boy name, but I am he, him. That's not like everybody. Cause there are some drag Queens who are trans and like, so, but they are being trans and being drag are very different, but there are some trans drag Queens. Um, and then they would probably tell you, like, you call me they, them, she, her, or however they prefer to be identified. But would you say to someone who doesn't really know about any of that world that drag is a performance, not a lifestyle, right? Yes, yes. I mean, like, I guess, like, not a lifestyle in the sense that, like, I mean, because, like, drag can be a lifestyle, but, like, drag can be a lifestyle in the way that, like, drinking wine on Sundays can It's like that type of, like, it can be a lifestyle, but, like, not the way being trans is a lifestyle. Like, you're not going to do your laundry or... Right. Most most drag queens are not doing, like, just their day-to-day shit. It's not your everyday, normal default setting. You're, no. Yeah. You usually are not. Um, Yeah. And, like, and I think that was hard for me to, like, even still sometimes I think with my parents... Um, explaining the difference between being trans and ha- and having a and dra- having a drag persona. Like my mom, when she first saw me in drag, she was accepting when I came out, and it, like I think she was like, "Oh, he's new." I'm like, okay, mom. Um, but when I told her I also did drag, she was like, "Well, you don't want to be a woman." And I was like, "No." And like I think it's still like that that disconnect in her mind. Like I think that she has definitely collided the two. And I'm yeah. like, "No, it's not. Diff- they're they're very different." Um, the one that's confusing to me though is RuPaul because RuPaul's drag name is also RuPaul, and so I never know what to say. Like I just if RuPaul is not in a wig, I would say he, and then 
in a wig she but like it's really confusing because rupaul is always rupaul yeah <laughs> but rupaul is also a drag queen and it's like wait a minute wow yeah. it's just it's cool to to make the distinction for me and say she only because um like just pronoun respect mm-hmm. is 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 important and i know that a lot of like a lot, a lot of a lot for me in just saying she and dis- and giving the respect to someone who's a drag queen. Like I like that. I just yeah. like it. Is what I'm saying. I think no. it's really nice. The separation it's is really, really nice. nice. It's really nice to respect someone with the, the language that they're choosing, the pronouns that they're choosing, because it's language should evolve with culture. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best things that I've heard recently was some was someone who was like sort of super old and dusty on NPR. It was like the, you know, like the, the grammar nerd from the New Yorker or something. And they were like, well, how do you address um, the use of pronouns and like how it's shifting with cultural yeah. norms? And he was like, I worked so hard not to. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was just disrespecting the people that I was writing about. Oh, wow. And it was so fucking cool. Cause he was like, we can evolve, you know, yeah, we can we, like, we can all evolve and we can learn to respect people with the language that they're choosing to talk about themselves. And that shouldn't be a fucking problem for me. And he was like the oldest, dustiest, you know, like you could smell the fucking like <laughs> leather bound books and hear the like the creak of his elbow patches. You know what I mean? And he was it was so fucking awesome because he's like, why would I not? Yeah. Why would I not update? And I, I feel like it's also because it's so simple. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've never understood why people had an issue with a lot of things involving the LGBT community because it's like. Okay, like I feel like it could be so. It's so much simpler to just go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like and, awesome. Yeah, and move on and just kind of go with it than yeah. to cause a stir. And then we're also gonna like steal everything cool that you right. do. Absolutely. And then, yeah, mainstream it and then <laughs> right. be like, oh what, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Like yeah, like okay, cool. Like no. Uh, yeah. <sighs> do you have a lot of people who reach out to you or try to find out how to reach out to you? Like, do you get a lot of? DM requests of somebody who's just like, thank you so much for this, is and that, and you've really made an impact on my life? It Yes, and not a lot is extreme. I would not describe it as a lot, but I, yes, it happens, and it it's great. It's really, especially when they're like young um, queer people, it really does make me feel good, because it's like, aw, like that. It, it, and then I try to respond Cause I'm like, oh, I know where to, like one, I'm like, first off, I ain't shit. Like, don't, don't get me confused with something. I'm like, I'm literally just someone on the internet. So like, but, but I guess to some kids, they really would be like, well, you're on, you're on BuzzFeed. I'm like, I mean, whatever. Um, uh, you did that dodgeball thing. When yeah. You over. Yeah. They'll do weird things. Like, and or weird is not the right word, but it's very sweet. But, um, I always reply cause I'm just like, I want them to feel heard. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy for them to have found that, especially at young ages. Like if you're 14 and you are in a place, in a space, in a time where you can just be like, yeah, I'm gay. Cause I'm like 14 year old me would have never, oh my God, no. Like, I mean, I would have never even like, if someone were to call me gay, I would be upset. Like, so that's why I want to respond to anyone, especially kids who are to, cause I'm just happy for them. Like, I'm glad that you can be yourself. And like it is, we live in a time where that's dope. It's cool how much, re- I don't know if you expected to have as much responsibility as you have when they were like, make three videos a month. No, I didn't. That is weird. And it's like, it's also weird when like people in person say something to me like that. I think, and I don't know that I will ever get used to that. And again, like I'm not famous or anything like that, but like to kids, like I was at the, the natural history museum in this like gym vault and this girl just goes, <laughs> And I was just like, I I was like, oh, she can't be talking to me. Like, I legitimately, like, look up and then go, oh, this, I don't know what this is, but, like, 
absolutely not about me. So I just went back down. And then she just goes, BuzzFeed. And I was like, what? it was so weird. And I don't think I'll ever get used to anything like that. Because I'm like, I, I am no one. Like, literally no one. So, like, well, don't freak out, kid. And then I just gave her a hug. And Also, I love that you're going to natural history museums. Just, what? like, for fun on your own with friends. Well, me and one of my friends, my friend who well, we'll, we will do acid together. Not all the time. But, like, one of our favorite things to do is like on a weekend when we're like, we want to do something fun, but we don't want to like drink and go crazy. We will like do half a tab of acid and pick a museum oh. and we will spend all day. I mean, we had, we went to the natural history museum two weekends in a row because we couldn't get through it all. And like, because we, we stopped at everything and literally like listened and we would ask questions because we legitimately were just curious about the world and wanted to learn. Like my favorite thing to do is to get high and go to museums. It is so fun. Yeah, look out for acid, guys. It's really it's a <laughs> it's the craziest. dangerous. You're gonna ask yeah. questions and learn about things. God forbid. Uh, that's and real. like see colors. Yeah, legitimately, <laughs> man. I'm like that's incredible. It was great. Yeah, that's really great. It's my favorite thing to do. I love that. Do you want to do some plugs? Yeah. And your name again? Your drag name? It's Samo Dollars. And then uh, yeah, you can find her on IG, um, Instagram. It's it's spelled s'more like the word. S'more, but, mm, and then dollars with a, a Z. Ooh, big flex. She's classy. Owning the end yeah. of the alphabet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking the whole no, alphabet. She... <laughs> She's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your uh, other IG? Oh, yeah. And then you can just uh, find me, like me, uh, my boy name, uh, at Good Guy Rai Rai. Yeah, it's fun. Wow. Nice. I'm so happy to be in this space with you two. Yeah. I think we're all so friends, cool. huh? This is yeah. really great. Will you come back on the pod? Oh my God, absolutely. Whenever you want me. That would be yeah. awesome. There's so much. To, I feel Beehole. like we have so. <laughs> Behold. <laughs> I feel like there's so much to talk about. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, tons we have to unpack. so much to talk about. What do you have to plug, Mike? Well, uh, my show Glazed is on March 28th at the Hollywood Improv. It's also my birthday. So if you want to come to that, let me know. It, it's a pretty fantastic lineup. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. And also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it is at GlazerBooHooHoo. And if you want to see us on tour, we leave on the 29th and we are all over this goddamn country until April 25th, 6th. Who knows how long? Forever. We're never coming back. There you go. Yep. So, yeah. Um, if you want to come fuck with us live, great. Yeah. If you want to smoke with us, even better. If you want to do both, I mean, that's brilliant. Follow at Weed and Grub uh, on IG and DM us or uh, write us an email, weedandgrub at gmail.com. That's one of my favorite things. It's getting letters in our email inbox. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Wait, Mary Jane, what are you, what are you going to plug? Mm. Besides being in the Women of Weed Oh, issue. yeah. That's pretty cool. On newsstands right now, there's a big pink magazine with a, a, a spread of, like, all the good things that are going on right now um, featuring women and weed. And uh, it features weed and grub. Very cool. Features really excited you. to... Well, it's the podcast. It's really... <laughs> It's called Women of Weed. Yeah, I don't think he's including this. I'm pretty sure it's you. And the, like, it's the photo, you, and then Mike is just kind of like. It's a picture of both of us. It's a he's just like, but his face us. is in the center. Like, and cut off. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice to be included. And yeah, I'm really uh, glad to be part of that. And uh, there are some other cool things that are coming up that, you know, when they, when they pop off, I'll put them on my Instagram. Which is? I'm not going to say. Oh, my Instagram? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say. Don't follow me. <laughs> it's private. <laughs> Don't me. find me. Yeah. I'm, uh, this is Mary Jane underscore. And I know. I know the underscore is a problem. But the person who has the account is, this is Mary Jane, just won't give me my Have handle. Have you messaged her? My rightful handle. No, I haven't messaged. Oh, no. you should. I've messaged someone before for her name. Uh, maybe I will. 
You should. She's even posted. It's so annoying. That's the worst. Is when yeah. it's like, like you don't. It'd be different if they were active. No, her last post is from like 2016. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Take it. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, for now, follow me. At this is Mary Jane underscore. <laughs> this is, that, is great. Is that a wrap? Is that a wrap? This was so fun. So fun. Oh, Thank awesome. you. We're all putting our hands in the Let's center. Yeah. Three, two, friendship. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening everybody talk to you soon bye everybody bye everybody